13. We're going to read verses 12 through 22. 1 Corinthians 15. Amen. I'm thankful for what we feel here today. And if, amen, if you are able, if you could please stand and honor the word of the Lord. We're going to read verses 12 through 22 today. 1 Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. I love what I feel. I, I feel hope in this place. I want to tell somebody here today before we get into the word that uh, there's hope for you. God wants to turn your world around. He can do it. He wants to do it. He wants to do it more than you want to do it. And you want it to happen. So if Jesus wants that much more than you, amen, all you have to do is let him love on you. Let him speak to you and respond to the word of God. And you're going to see a beautiful change in your life today. All right, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and faith is also vain. Yea, and if that's the case, the Apostle Paul saying, if, 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 if what these critics are saying is true, there, there are people criticizing, saying that Jesus did not rise again from the dead and Paul's addressing this he said if that's the case we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised up who he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not for if the dead rise not then is not then is not Christ raised and if Christ be not raised your faith is in vain ye are yet or still in your sins if there's no resurrection then we don't have hope today but now or I'm sorry then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ if Christ didn't raise from the dead they're perished they have no hope of coming up again If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept or died. For since by man came death, Adam, By man came also the resurrection of the dead, Jesus. For as in Adam, all die. We're all born into sin because of Adam today. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I want to preach this morning, life after death. Life after death. Would you lift your hands unto the Lord and open your hearts? Can we do that together? And let's pray and ask Him to have His way in this service. Jesus, we worship you. You're such an amazing Savior. You're such a faithful Father. We are so thankful today, Lord Jesus, that you are indeed risen from the grave with all power. In your hands, God. 
Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that because uh, you rose again, we too can rise and walk in the newness of life. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that you would send revelation and understanding to us today. I pray that we would walk in Holy Ghost power. I pray that we would walk in resurrection power, that we may be and do all that you've created us to be and do in this life and in the next life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord as we're seated today? Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're great, Lord. We magnify you. We bless your name today. Amen, amen, amen. I am thankful to serve a risen Savior. In this scripture, amen, the Apostle Paul is dealing with murmurings, complaints, disputes, critics, debating and saying that Christ did not rise from the dead. They're spreading their false doctrine amongst the church in Corinth. The Apostle Paul is addressing it because this is literally the anchor of faith. Without the resurrection, the Apostle Paul is saying, we have absolutely nothing. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have no hope to have a resurrection ourselves. Last Sunday, we were talking about Moses asking God to show him his glory. And we talked about how God, is going to use his word in eternity as a way to discern the hearts of men and who really believes him and who does not believe him. Because if I do not believe that there is an eternity, if I do not believe there is a heaven and a hell, I will not serve the Lord. Amen. And not just in the world, but even in the church, there are churches. Amen. And when I say churches, I mean tons of individuals. Amen. In churches across this nation and across the world who have no strong conviction of eternity in their life. They live day in and day out without any expectation that today could be the day that Jesus cracks the sky and resurrects his church. Amen. With the dead in Christ rising first and we who are alive and remain being caught up to ever be with the Lord. It is so important that we anchor this in our lives. What the Apostle Paul is addressing in this scripture today, he said that if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Why could the Apostle Paul say that? Amen. Because he testifies of his many afflictions for the cause of Christ. Uh, He testifies of his many persecutions uh, for the cause of Christ. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. Amen. He was jailed. Uh, He had to evade. Amen. Persecution time after time. Uh, And he didn't make evasion every single time. Uh, Sometimes he was beaten. He was, the Bible says he was stripped naked. 
It hit me the other day. In my early morning prayer. And I'm praying and I'm tired. My day, previous day had beat me pretty good. And I felt in my flesh, Lord, I'll just pray here in bed. I'll talk to you right here in bed. And then I saw a picture of the Apostle Paul stripped of his clothing in an open prison, praying, worshiping, singing, loving God. And I'm here in my home, and I've got clothes on, and I've got heat and AC, and I can't get out the bed and pray. How does one live that way? How does one serve the Lord that way? He said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If I am going through all of this for there to be no eternal life. But I know there is. And that's why. I don't mind being jailed for the cause of Christ. I don't mind being stripped naked. Sure, it hurt. Sure, was it uncomfortable? Absolutely, it was. Amen. But he said, I'm not living for this life. There's a life beyond this life. And that's where my eyes are set. That's where my heart is fixed to ever be with the Lord. He said, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept for since by man came death Adam Adam when he sinned in the garden long story short is how sin and death entered into the world Adam and Eve were not created to die they were created to live in communion with God but sin and disobedience amen allowed sin to enter and I'm sorry allowed death to enter into the world but by man also came the resurrection of the dead the man Christ Jesus who went to Calvary for as in Adam all die even so in Christ shall all be made alive. I know we're a couple of weeks past Easter, amen, but the resurrection isn't just for one Sunday in the year. Our whole faith in life is based on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he lives, we can be alive. Amen. If he didn't rise again from the grave, we, we can be justified in moaning, moping and pouting and hanging our head down. But because he lives, I can dance. Because he lives, I can shout. Because he lives, I can rejoice. Because he lives, I have hope. I have hope. I can be passionate. You know what? Who's passionate about anything that's dead? You know why I can get fired up? Why we can get excited? Because we serve a living Savior. He's not a myth. He's not a figment of our imagination. Amen. My God, have mercy. We could just look at that back corner and all the marbles of testimonies that are in that thing alone. We're, everybody's telling me, Pastor, I'm running out of marbles. I'm running out of things to testify of the great things that God is doing. We've already got nearly a hundred since November of miracles that Jesus has done. We are losing count. We are losing count of the great things that Jesus is doing and working among the people in this church. 
We all dare not be calm about that. We all dare not be casual about that. We serve a living God. And what the Apostle Paul was trying to say concerning Adam is that this body is born into sin and has a sinful nature. This flesh that we live in gravitates to sin by man. Sin entered into the world by man. Amen. All die. It's that sinful nature that every one of us, amen, have within us. It's the reason why you don't have to teach a two-year-old how to lie. You don't have to teach them how to lie. I mean, you know, we don't see lying school for toddlers, okay? This is how you show them not to know that you had the cookie. No. Why? Because it's in our nature. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The payment for sin is death. The destination for sin is death. Sin will suck the life out of you. It will drain you. It will wear you out. Jesus said this in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what sin does. Amen. We are people of free will, but we have an enemy who wants to influence our free will. Satan can't make choices for you, but Satan wants to influence our choices. Amen. He wants to influence your choices and then make you feel guilty when you make the wrong one. He'll egg you on. You ought to do this. You ought to do this. You ought to do this. And then when you do that, you're silly. You're dumb. You're stupid. You should have never done that, et cetera, et cetera. He'll make you feel guilty for the same sin that he tried to influence you to commit. That's our enemy. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. It does that. That's what sin will do to your life. Sin will steal your dreams. Sin will steal your purpose. Sin will kill your destiny. Listen to me. I'm not preaching cliche today. I'm telling you the God's honest truth this morning. Sin will kill your destiny. Sin will destroy. Hear me. Hear me. Sin will destroy your self-worth and your self-image. That's what sin will do, okay? If you're battling that, this is not a message of condemnation. This, thank, thank God it doesn't end here. Thank God it doesn't end with destroy. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Thank God it does not end there. I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life. Inhabit more 
abundantly. Did you hear what Jesus is saying today? I am come in spite of what Satan has done, in spite of your failures, in spite of your mistakes, in spite of your shortcomings, in spite of your regrets. Jesus says, I am come today, right here, right now, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, I want you to possess it. Come on. It's just not resident in this location, 216 South Street here. It's not. It, it, we don't have to leave. a My God, have mercy. We don't have to leave abundant life here. He, he says, I've come that they might have life. It means, here you go. Here's life. Here you go. Possess it. Here you go. Take hold of it. That you might have it and have it more abundantly if you'll hold on to the life that i give you and you'll keep possessing it and you'll keep pursuing it amen it's going to increase it's going to grow you're not just going to have life but you're going to have it more abundantly it's what jesus came for jesus is trying to get us convinced so when you start feeling down on yourself When you make a mistake, don't stay there. Don't manipulate God by saying sorry and continuing to do what you said sorry for. Have a real repentance. Turn from sin and turn to God. He says if we'll do this, we're going to have life and have it more abundantly. He has come to you in me that we may possess it. Here's what we need to understand about abundant life today. That Jesus, I'm trying to get right down your road. I'm trying to get right on your driveway. I'm trying to walk down your street today. The Holy Ghost is trying to walk down your street today. Amen. Abundant life will drive depression out of your life. Abundant life will drive anxiety out of your life. It will do it. Why? Because Jesus has authority over depression. Jesus has authority over anxiety. Jesus has authority over hopelessness. Jesus has authority out of over loneliness today. He says, I will give you life and that more abundantly. You going through it? Get a hold of Jesus. It's simple, but it's not. It's simple for Jesus. Okay? He is great in power right now. He can fix everything you need fixed right now. A lot of times the challenge is our receptivity to what Jesus wants to do. That's the challenge. How receptive can I get? How empty of myself can I become? How much of my wounds can I really give to God? Or do I keep hiding my wounds from God? Do I keep hiding my hurt from God? Do I keep saying, Lord Jesus, you can touch me here, but not there. You can minister to me here, but not there. Lord, you can talk to me here, but please don't talk about that. Amen. What Jesus says, amen. I'm the great physician and I am working on you to give you life. And that more abundantly, our receptivity 
is the key. And God is gracious. He is patient. He is merciful and kind. But he wants to give us abundant life. And we got to learn how to pray, Lord, help me to receive what you want to give me. Help me to receive the healing you want to give me. Help me to receive the hope that you want to give me. Help me to receive the love that you want to give me. Because you know why? Sometimes we have a hard time receiving it. We do. We do. If we're used to difficult relationships, dysfunctional relationships, wounds in relationships, we we all have them. There's not a perfect one of us in here. There's not a perfect family in this church. Right? Come on, we might as well take the mask off. Come on, we can't get real with God until we take the mask off. We can't receive healing from God until we uncover and let the great physician work on us. It's where the freedom is. The abundant life that comes from Jesus will give your life exceeding great joy. The resistance, this is, this is a paradigm shift. Shifts are not easy, okay? If you've been running in a certain direction for so long, if you've been used to things being a certain way for so long, it's hard to slam on the brakes and turn around because we have so much momentum in this other way. Are you with me, church? We have so much momentum in the other way. But, so, so, so what we experience with that, I feel God just trying to help us this morning. All right? So what we experience with that is when we try to make changes, we try to give ourselves to God. We've got so much momentum going in the other way that it feels like, it feels like we're climbing this steep uphill battle. All right? And sometimes what we do in our humanity, we like things to be easy for us. So when it becomes too difficult and we just somehow have it in our mind, if God's in it, it's going to be easy. That he's going to do the lead work for us. He's going to do what we can do. He's not going to do what we, he's going to do what we cannot do. He's not going to do what we can do. He's not going to make you get on your knees and pray. He's not going to make you forgive somebody. He's not going to make you open up your Bible. He's not going to make you get in the car and come to church. Don't look for a sign. Look for the word. Don't look for a sign. Look for the word. You'll be looking and looking and looking and looking for a sign and won't find it. Sometimes God is gracious and kind, and he'll, he'll give a little confirmation here, a little confirmation there, but he does not want us to live life that way because that's a fickle way to live life. What we have to learn to do is when things get hard to not quit. Oh, it's easier to go downstream. It's easier to go where this momentum is already going. If you're always arguing with someone or you're, you're always struggling with finances or whatever it is in your life, wherever, whatever the momentum's going in your life, it's going to be difficult when you're first starting out to give God your impossibility, to give God your struggle, and to stay with it. But what's going to happen, okay, 
The miracle, some miracles the Lord intentionally does not allow to happen instantaneously. He allows it to happen day by day, day by day. Some miracles don't happen in a day. They happen day by day. Okay, and so if I seek him day by day, day 21, I'm tired. Uh, Day 24, I'm weary. I feel like quitting. But if I keep going day by day, Lord, I feel weak. I feel weary. I'm pushing so hard against this momentum. I need your help. Eventually, it's going to shift, uh, and the momentum is going to be towards the purposes of God, uh, the promises of God, the victory of God, uh, the hope of God, and you're going to be more than a conqueror somebody say it doesn't happen in a day that's why Jesus said that he that endureth to the end why because it doesn't happen in a day it doesn't happen in a day it's day by day listen this isn't in my notes, but I feel God's trying to help us. We got to put some practicality to the scripture. We got to put some application to the word of God in our life. God's saying if we will stick to it and stick with it and continue to seek him, he said, I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. And that abundant life will overwhelm the pain, the anxiety, the depression, it will turn it into nothing, to exceeding joy. You know why I can dance and jump and shout and worship God? It's not so you can look at me. I don't need your attention. I'm worshiping my my Lord, my Savior, the one that I talk to every day, the one who helps me get through day by day. Uh, Amen. It's by him I overcome. I want to celebrate my lover of my soul, Jesus Christ. That's why. It's a momentum shift. It's a paradigm shift. This abundant life that Jesus wants to give you and I today will produce exceeding great joy. Let me tell you something. That's so contrary to the world we live in today. We live in a world today that if you seem too joyful, people start getting mad at you. What's wrong with them? What's wrong with her? What's wrong? Why are are you smiling? You can smile too. Come on. When it's something real, exceeding great joy. That's what Jesus does to a human life who surrenders their heart to him. That's what Jesus does. So, talking about life after death, the wages of sin is death. If this Jesus, what he has to offer me is abundant life, why would I choose sin over this abundant life? Why would I choose my own carnal, temporal desires over abundant life? 
Why would I choose a thing that's going to lead to death and destruction and chaos and anxiety and depression? That's what sin does. When I can have abundant life. What Jesus wants to get us to a point in our lives, our place in our lives, where we get it. The revelation that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Not church tradition. Right? That's, there's a great misunderstanding in the earth today. When you talk about Jesus, people's first thought process is whatever church tradition they know. Not Jesus. That's how they filter Jesus. But that's not Jesus. All right? This is why we need the word of God. Because the word of God sets us free from the bondage of church tradition. Yes, I said it. The bondage of church tradition. Amen. Because church tradition restricts us from having an alive relationship with Jesus Christ and his word. Jesus is better. And when we see that revelation, here's the revelation, okay? Usually it's hidden before we see it. The revelation has always been the truth. We just didn't see it yet. You catch what I'm saying? The revelation of God's word has always been the truth. I just didn't realize it yet. I didn't always realize Jesus is better. He's been better all along. It just took me some time and it took me some experiences till I finally realized what was always true. And it's that Jesus is better. His love is better. His grace is better. His hope is better. Not tradition. Not tradition. I mean, tradition has wounded so many people. Now, there's some good tradition as long as it doesn't take, take away from the, the word of God. We love, to, we love to have some good fellowship in this church. We love some good dinners. We love to laugh. We love to have a, a good time. Those are some great things. But you have some church traditions who are so contrary to the scripture, and they hinder people from really seeing Jesus for who he is. Jesus, they're Pharisees. They're Sadducees. Jesus had issues with those individuals. But Jesus is better than every pleasure in this life. Jesus is better. Jesus gives life. Sin is death today. Jesus is life. Sin is death. Lying is death. Stealing is death. Fornication is death. Greed is death. Rebellion is death. I could go on. Sin is death. It's what it does to us. God doesn't make sin do that to us. It's what sin does. But Jesus 
is life. So if I don't put sin to death, it will put death in me. If you don't put sin to death, it will put death in you. Repentance, however, is the call from Jesus, from death to life. He's calling us today as we stand to our feet. To life after death. Here on earth and for eternity. Jesus said in Luke 13, 3, I tell you, nay, but except ye repent. Except ye repent, Jesus said, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus is plainly saying to us, if we don't turn from our sin to righteousness, we're going to die, all of us. You know, I didn't all of a sudden get pastor on the front of my name, and that changes for me, you know. I get a bypass. And again, the truth is, why would I even want that? It's one thing if I leave sin because I'm afraid to die. It's another thing if I leave sin because I love Jesus so much, I wouldn't want anything else but him. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Our selfish human nature wants God to be loyal to us regardless of what we do or how we live. Our selfish human nature wants God to take us to heaven regardless of what we do or how we live. But that's not a relationship-centered way of thinking. If I'm in a marriage, and I am, this month my wife and I celebrate 16 years of marriage. I'm thankful to God for that. If I said, honey, I'm just going to treat you any old way. But can we still go on vacation together? She's going to say, I'm going to tell you, some of y'all could even tell. Some of y'all know what my wife would say. Boy, bye. That's what she'd say. She's in Sunday school right now. Oh, no, she'll hear that later. But if I acted like I wanted nothing to do with her. No interest, no passion. And then I'm like, can we hang out? You want to go walk down the beach together? You want to hold hands? He's not going to want to hold my hand. Why do we do that to God? Why do we do that to God? The Lord won't compromise his holy nature for the sake of our sinful nature. Jesus will make no exception for sin, but he did make atonement for sin. There's no welcoming mat for sin in heaven. None at all. 
But there is a, a remedy. There is a solution. There is a, a plan of salvation. There is redemption that Jesus made available when he shed his own blood on the cross for the soul who repents, leaving their life of sin behind and turning to righteousness and obedience to God's word. There is atonement. There is a there is a redemption. Jesus says, I'll take your penalty. My penalty applies to you. Amen. My payment applies to your life. Why? Because you repented. You turned from sin. You turned to me. You decided you loved me more. You love me more. When we repent of our sins, we must turn to God. There is hope when we turn to God. There is redemption when we turn to God. Jesus likens repentance to death. We can either put sin to death, which is repentance, or sin will put death to us, which is separation and everlasting punishment. We read it, the thief has come, but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's how he enters in, through sin. It destroys our life. It steals our destiny. But Jesus said, I'm come that ye might have life. Jesus is saying to us today that sin has caused enough death in your life. Will you let me change that? Don't let sin cause any more death in your life today. Don't let sin, child of God, beloved, your beloved today, don't let sin cause any death, more death in your life. Somebody in this place is struggling with pornography today. Don't let sin, amen, cause any more death in your life today. Somebody in this place is, is, is struggling with your relationships, uh, amen. You've isolated, you, you're, you've detached yourself from God. You want nothing to do with God. You've distanced yourself. Don't let sin cause any more death in your life today. Turn from your sins. Turn to me, says the Lord. And I'll give you life. I'll give you resurrection power. I want to read this and we're going to pray. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life after we put our old sinful nature we got warm water we've got robes we got changes of clothes we've got towels we've got everything you need for your sins to be washed away in the name of Jesus Christ amen you can leave with a clean soul and dry clothes this morning renewed restored we must bury that old nature in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. John 3, Jesus said, Amen, that, Amen, you verily, verily, I say unto you, ye must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Baptism is born of the water. Receiving the baptism of the Spirit is born again 
of the Spirit. Romans 8, I'm going to read this and we're going to pray. Romans 8, 10 through 11, it says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. That's what sin does. Sin causes death. But the Spirit of life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him verse 10 the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up Christ resurrection he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you how do I overcome sin how do I overcome death it's what sin does. Sin causes death. So how do I overcome that? I need resurrection power in my life. The Holy Ghost is resurrection power in my life. When I reach for God, I worship God. I yield my heart to his love, his mercy. I repent of my sins in an altar. I say, Lord, I'm turning from my way and I'm turning to your way, Lord. Have your way in me. I open up myself more and more. I remove every restriction. I remove every barrier. I remove every thought of mistrust. I remove every thought of doubt. And I go all the way with Jesus as I love him, as I worship him, as I exalt him with my voice. What will begin to happen? I'll be praying in my native tongue. If that's English, Spanish, or French, or whatever your native language is, you'll be praying initially. And what God will do is overwhelm you with this love. And His Spirit in you will begin to flow out of you and begin to speak in this heavenly language. What's happening? Resurrection power is happening. Victory over this sinful nature is happening. A victory over this body of death is happening. And Jesus wants to do that for every one of us today. I'm going to ask him, and Brother Angel, if you wouldn't mind helping me, sir, if, if you'll stand by the baptistry, please. If there's somebody here today, you want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you need to do? What, re- what, what prerequisites do you need to have to be baptized? Uh, repent of your sins decide you want to be washed of your sins that's all you need to do we're not asking you god's not asking you to be perfect to be baptized we can't attain perfection don't try to get good to get god just decide you want to be obedient to god and your sins can be washed away and be made new today what do i need to do to receive the holy spirit just begin to worship and lift your hands and give your heart to him and just not worry about anybody else don't worry about any cares in the world just get so wrapped up in Jesus where nothing else matters and just allow your heart to become so in love with him as you worship and love him and let him love you his spirit will pour out upon your life I feel like there's somebody who's wanting this today I feel like there's somebody who's wanting this life after death you're wanting the abundant life today if you're wanting more than mundane ordinary 
ordinary. You're wanting more of the same old thing, different day. I invite you to make your way to this altar this morning and begin to reach out to God and say, there's got to be more than life than what I know. And I know that more to life is in you. I know that abundant life is in you. Come on, these altars are open right now. Somebody come on and make your way. We're going to reach out to God. God's going to do miracles in this place. God's going to deliver in this place. God's going to give restoration to somebody in this place. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord right now. Would you lift up your hands to Jesus? Come on, let's pray right now in Jesus' name. I worship you, Jesus. Lord God, I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning from that death. I'm turning from that darkness. I'm turning from that anxiety and depression, Lord. I'm turning to you, Jesus. I'm turning to your hope today. Come on, that's it. Today's your day for a breakthrough. Today's your day for a victory. Today's your day for a new dominion in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I love you. I worship you. I love you, Jesus. Oh, come on, that's it. That's it from the bottom of your heart. Come on, it's got to come from the heart this morning. Come on, that's it. Let's close our eyes in this house. Why don't you lift your hands and open up our hearts to Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. That's it. I've turned my sin to you. I turned from sin to you. I turned my love to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to be washed. I want to be clean. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Today's your day. There's life after death today. There's abundant life today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on, altar workers, would you find someone to pray with today? Come on, that's it. We're going to reach after God.